The Crude Life, every Monday through Thursday with a week in review on Friday. Welcome to the Crude Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Spies. We are broadcasting from the Hatch Coaching Studios. Joining us always is our entitled intern, Provolone, who's manning the production elements of the program. Aaron Jordan, president of Blackwater Environmental, is patiently waiting on the Bakken barbecue phone lines. As your host, Jason Spies, I feel it's important to set the stage for the listener so they're on the same page and they're aware of what's coming down the path and what's happening on today's program. So with that being said, as I mentioned earlier, Aaron Jordan, president of Blackwater Environmental, will join us here on the Crude Life podcast during our interview portion. Ask him about uh, environmental. Why is it in his name? What's the story with that? And uh, I imagine he's from Wyoming, so he'll get to the straight answer. Uh, headlines coming up shortly. Our monthly music crossover is the Moody River Band. I'd like to point out at this point, uh, Provolone, our entitled intern. He's manning the production elements, as I mentioned earlier. And, you know, this, this thing started about a week ago when we first started the program. Program, whichever you'd like to pronounce. Uh, with We did a one-day hazing. Sometimes it's a week, sometimes it's whatever. And, and the hazing was that he was not allowed to talk. And the idea is, is you know, the, the, the producer is the actual lifeblood of the show. He's the, he's the pumping the brains. He keeps everything going, you know. He's just the centrifugal nucleus. And I think I just made that up. I don't even know what that means. It means I need a cup of coffee. That's what it means. So for the first day, we thought that he would uh, not speak because, you know, that's kind of a little bit of a, a thing is, you know, a big part of the show. But, you know, you don't really going to be a part of it. So, you know, but there's a little bit of madness behind that sick, sadistic, sadistic part of the hazing, which is. This way, the producer gets to learn the buttons, gets to learn the roll, gets to learn the timing, gets to learn the flow. Look at that. I did a rhyme. I'm telling you, it's it's a great way to actually get the, the one, to get somebody to say, listen, there, there's some logistics behind the show. But at the same time, you are going to have to be a part of it. So it works out pretty good. Provolone here, he just keeps adding a day, adding a day, adding a day. He, he just keeps pushing buttons and he is just an un very talented very talented but what did my uncle keith say sometimes you got to break a wild stallion or i don't know i didn't raise horses so i'm not sure what what it was but it had to do with taming a wild stallion i know that and then there was another one about horse in the barn and i'm not sure because my uncle keith not to sidebar for a second but God bless him. Ever since he started calling, or I noticed he started calling jeans. Okay, what what you and I, okay, provolone. You and I wear jeans, right? You know, we put on a pair of jeans, we go to the store, go, go out, go to dinner, whatever the case might be. Not my Uncle Keith. Jeans are half pants because apparently overalls are 
pants. And, you know, a farmer, born and bred farmer, the whole deal, uh, jeans are half pants. So if you ever hear me refer to half pants, that's, that's what it means. It's jeans, it's just a, blue jeans, Levi's, Jerbos, you know, all the name brands that the kids are into. Okay, so what do we got? We've got Aaron Jordan, Black Water Environmental coming up. Also, today's sponsor, Credence Energy Solutions. Quick thank you to Credence Energy Solutions for sponsoring today's program. We'll mention them in just a moment when we uh, do our little sponsor segment here on the program. Social media, uh, we'd love you to be a part of it. Like us, follow us. Leave comments. You know, we, we have this show available every day online, this esocentric energy show, because, you know, we're, we're not bravado. We're, we, we don't get into the bravado part. We like to have a calm conversation, you know, where we just kind of, we've helped thousands here. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, we're, we're a covenant couch quite yet, but, you know, we have helped thousands. Uh, the es esoteric approach to energy. You know, we just wing it. We throw it, we throw out the notes, and we, we it's, a, it's organic, it's natural. It's it's a way that you can really connect with the average person. There's there's a time and place for bravado, and we just don't do that. And we might from time to time get into it, but that's uh, more for entertainment purposes, I think, than anything. So, okay, what do we else we got going on in the Provolone? We got headlines coming up. Are we there yet? Because I'd like to get into headlines. Johnny Green. I know he's getting ready to get ready for the big title defense. I've heard rumors Johnny Green will be defending the Earth's Championship belt in Gillette, Wyoming this summer. More details to come on that. Well, all right, look at that. Also, we have clothing available at thecrudelife.com. You just click on there, and we've got some clothing. Every day, the 30-minute podcast, which is a Monday through Thursday with a weekend review on Friday, and sometimes it might be 45 minutes long. So that's our, what else we got? That's, okay, is it our notes for the, oh, newsletter. Yes, we have a weekly newsletter, so if you'd like to sign up for that as well, go to thecrudelife.com. So is that what we're going to do every day? We're just going to give them a rundown of features that we can keep them informed on? I think a lot of people know this stuff, so can we at least break them up and put them throughout the show, Provolone? Okay, no, this was good. This was good. No, we're, we're learning here. We're learning. There's a, I do have a reason behind this, but I do not want to have a lot of meetings with you because you cannot stay focused for more than five minutes at a time. And I, I, I mean that with the most love I can put in that sentence. And it's a lot. It is a lot. But it, it's also a little bit of annoyance and a little bit of I really would like to have some sort of um, shock collar. That's the word I was looking for. Shock collar. So okay, uh, who we got come later on in the uh, week? We've got Joe Dancy going to join us. Uh, we got some uh, legal questions we want to ask, especially when it comes to social media. I've seen some posts lately about uh, people who haven't been paying their bills on social media, and uh, there's some debates about whether they're liable for slander. I'm going to ask Joe Dancy that. Kathleen Segma is going to join us later on in the week as well. She's got some thoughts on the Democratic uh, candidates in terms of the banning of fracking. 
So I want to ask her about that. She's been pretty vocal. She's been picking up some national news. She's a friend of the program. Uh, last week, she was going to come on the program. We couldn't make it work, so we rescheduled her this week. She'll be joining us here on The Crude Life. She'll be living the crude life. Okay. Time now for headlines. Headlines is where we take a look at three different headlines and comment on them. But what we do is we just read the headline and then the first two paragraphs because that is the way the average person is reading the news. Okay, not skimming the news where that's just the headlines. They're, I mean, when people say that they read a news story, they just read the first two paragraphs and they move on. So it's interesting to see how that media has changed, you know, to accommodate that some people like to really sell the emotional aspect in the first couple paragraphs some people like to get to the most nuts and bolts they possibly can because they're they're trying to put 20 pounds of potatoes in a five pound sack of information basically so okay let's see what we got today energy trade group pushing back against democratic presidential climate policies an energy trade group based in Denver has responded to some comments made during Tuesday night's Democratic National Committee candidate debate about climate change policies and the candidates would enact against oil and gas industry, particularly to end drilling on federal lands. Western Energy Alliance President Kathleen Segma in particular called out Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren and Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders going so far as threatening legal action if either of them is elected in November and attempt to pursue parts of their climate agenda. Western Energy Alliance represents 300 companies engaged in the exploration and production of oil and gas, natural gas. Okay, provolone, interesting. I don't know if you knew, but uh, Kathleen's going to join the program a little bit later in the week. Uh, she was going to join last week to actually talk about this particular pro uh, comment on this particular topic. So uh, good for you for, for having the foresight and the connection to see where we're at on picking this story. And I'm going to kind of speed this one along because we're going to have Kathleen on a little bit later on in the week. But this is what I spoke about this summer. And what I talked about was how Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders were having a public discussion about banning fracking and natural gas and um, people were some people were very in tune in the audience and there were a lot of people partying in the back and so I'm going to ask Kathleen about that because that's where I see the trend going where uh, the energy industry is continuing to do business as usual while the conversation has gone from two presidential candidates to like half a dozen and people are talking about banning fossil fuels and the energy industry is just like i said business as usual and and um anyway i'd like to see uh the energy industry not uh have such a negative narrative and be looked at in a little bit more of a positive light and so uh we'll see what kathleen has to say about that later on in the week our next headline is, is that right? Am I looking at this right? What the China deal means for U.S. oil producers. On the face of it, the phase one trade deal signed between the U.S. and China last week looks set to provide a big boost to American oil and gas producers who need to develop new export markets. 
Just how well they fare against exporters who are much closer to the world's biggest energy importer may depend on as much on economics as on politics. The energy trade section of the deal signed on January 15th commits China to increasing its purchase of American energy products, crude oil, refined products, liquefied natural gas, and coal from levels seen in 2018, a high point for U.S. exporters before the trade war began to hamper bilateral relationships. Okay, what I've seen here is that good news because it uh, looks like Trump was able to cut through politics and gets a deal done, but at the same time, they're saying that politics is going to affect it in the, in the future. Now, I don't know this. I've got some calls out to decipher a little bit what happened with the trade deal in the world of energy. So I'm going to speed this headline along as well because we're going to have a guest on a little bit later on. I've got, like I say, I've got a few calls out, including to the uh, Dallas Federal Reserve, our uh, correspondent down there, uh, to find out a little bit more what this means. But it, it looks like, you know, from this news story, which is from Yahoo Finance, that crude oil, refined products, liquefied natural gas, and coal are going to uh, be purchased from China. So again, this is this is good news for the energy industry, especially coming off of a time where you know we had hundreds and and actually probably thousands of layoffs last year. So this is going to be an opportunity for the industry to at least keep some lights on, so to speak. So all right, let's see what else we have here. The third headline for today. Oh, look at that. Dwayne The Rock Johnson reveals he's written his father's eulogy. Nothing prepared me for this. Provolone, I know what you're doing here. Again, I love the fact that the third headline is a little bit fun, a little bit lighthearted at times. It's uh, not industry related, so we can add a little personality to the show. Great instincts. That's what I mean. You're a natural. You're very good. Uh, we had something last week that brought out the rock with his father dying. So I generally don't like to do topics back to back and that's what you've done here. So I'm going to take this a different direction, uh, which is yes, the uh, rock Dwayne Johnson, his father passed and the rocks gotten a lot of attention for it. And I know last week I said that I believe he's the only person that can beat Donald Trump in a presidential election. And that's not crazy talk. That's actually, I would I would bet $5 on that. Uh, I, I think he is prime and he's geared up and he's gonna, if, if he does run, it'll be a third party and he can just announce it on Instagram and social media and, and people will be fine with it. It's, it's now accepted. And The Rock is a legitimate candidate. So I'm not gonna take that direction either. No, I'm gonna talk about what Dwayne The Rock Johnson had to do, which is write his father's eulogy. And I had to do the same thing with my mother. And I can agree, nothing prepares you for that. Even when you watch your mother deteriorate down to 85 pounds and watch cancer eat her alive, you're still not prepared for when it happens. So with that being said, and by the way, all that's written in my book, uh, Cancer is a Bitch which for those people who are joining for the first time, yes, I am a cancer survivor, a uh, single father as well. So just to give you an idea, I've been carrying a lot of weights of the world on my back for the last 10 years, including uh, defeating cancer. And I did lose my mother to cancer. 
And that was uh, one of the most emotional milestones of my life, if you will, uh, watching you know the light go out in your mother's eyes. And so I think Dwayne The Rock Johnson is is really speaking truthfully when he says nothing prepared him for this. Because when you sit down and actually try to write something for your mother or father, it's 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 a whole different type of writing. So. Very good one today, Provolone. You didn't see that direction coming, did you? Look at me, huh? Getting, exposing myself to the audience a little bit. And that came out of my mouth. Okay, that that, that sentence. And it's a podcast, so we could say, see, look at that. Yeah, trying to do the podcast thing, wordplay. Let's get to one of our sponsors and then Aaron Jordan with Blackwater Environmental, the president of Blackwater Environmental. But first, I would like to mention our sponsor, Credence Energy Services. Credence Energy Services philosophy and approach to business is rooted in a set of guided principles. Each principle is designed to encompass their beliefs inside and outside the organization and influence their daily decisions. They deliver chemical solutions to oil and gas operators that improve production, reduce failures, and optimize overall operational efficiency. Visit their website, CredenceEnergyServices.com, or go to thecrudelife.com, click on our show page, and you can always access all the links right there at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life, every Monday through Thursday with a week in review on Friday. Welcome back to the Crude Life Podcast. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us here at the Hatch Coaching Studios. Our entitled intern, Provolone, is manning the production elements of the program. And Aaron Jordan, president of Blackwater Environmental, is ready on the Bakken Barbecue phone lines. This is Aaron Jordan, president of Blackwater Environmental. Aaron Jordan, Blackwater Environmental. Let's start off by finding out uh, what Blackwater Environmental is. Yeah, so we're a coating sandblasting service company out of Gillette, Wyoming. Um, We do basically everything that has to do with asset protection, sandblasting, specialty coatings, um, plural component coatings, arc spray coating for the inside of boilers for power plants and uh, refineries. Mm-hmm. Do quite a bit of that. Um, secondary containment in the oil field around tank batteries, plural component uh, polyureas. And, you know, just try and keep everything looking nice and keep everything contained and keep the rust level down. How's, how's business been on something like that? I mean, I imagine you go outside of the oil and gas industry as well, but it seems like it's the primary driver behind what you guys are doing. Yeah, so uh, power energy is really big for us too. We do a lot in the energy sector, um, power plants, things like that, but oil and gas has been pretty good. You know, we're, we're one of those companies that they want to have around because we – we keep tanks from leaking. You know, we coat the interior of them and keep them up to date. Uh, we do secondary containment. So if there is a spill, the liner catches it. Uh, we do ponds with poly, you know, um, poly welded ponds. So we're kind of one of those companies that we are a necessity 
but we're also a luxury in some sense. So everything we do is protecting assets and protecting environment and keeping quality of environment up by, you know, protecting it, so to speak. So we're, you know, we're busy this time of year. This is usually our slow time of the year, but we've been keeping pretty steady this year. Everybody, it seems like it's just keeps going around here. So, well, I was going to ask you about the environment part because that's obviously a buzzword, and it's in the name of your company, Blackwater Environmental. And so, I wanted to ask you just kind of what your, you know, whether whether it's a sales pitch or your mission statement, or just kind of the, you know, the 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 market where it's driving you to you know, focus on, but where, where are you seeing some of the environmental uh, business or the environmental insight or just the the, the part of a industry that you guys are seeing the, uh, you know, solving solutions in that environmental side? Does that question make sense? Yeah, so we get that a lot. Everybody wants to know where it comes from. Um, basically, what happened was I was, I started this company as a consulting firm where we would, we had customers that we'd go in and we would do uh, tank inspections. We'd check their coatings, kind of give them a lifeline of, you've got so much time before this tank needs recoded or it needs it now kind of thing. And we thought, well, you know, environmental is kind of a buzzword and it it works for what we do because we keep, you know, tanks from leaking and polluting the environment. And, we just kind of ran with it and we were doing a job in North Dakota and I got a call from one of our old customers and he said, we got some guys painting the inside of the tank. It's going South winter's coming. You know, I think there's a blizzard on the, on the forecast for that week and they didn't want to pay any more money to heat the tank and do a whole bunch of things that you have to do when a blizzard comes in, you know? So we went in and we helped them get the tank. They just need a little bit of, you know, support and, job management just getting the tank done is what it ended up being and we helped them get it done and then all of a sudden this customer of ours said good so you'll be up here in three or four months when the weather weather breaks to do these other two tanks and well we don't do that anymore and then all of a sudden they kept calling and calling and we had crews built and started buying equipment and we started repainting tanks and stuff again so it it really kind of came from the environmental you know aspect of it is we're always trying to protect the environment right so a lot of things we do it keeps oil and materials and things from hitting the ground so we're you know protecting the environment so it 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 started out as kind of a buzzword and you know if you read any kind of thing about companies that have environmental in their name they figured out that you get like 15 percent more traffic through your site because of environmental a lot of people more look more towards you um so it kind of started that way and then it you know really focuses on what we do for the most part Aaron jordan blackwater environmental uh i believe on linkedin i saw that you guys were hiring about a week or two ago uh, yep, always hiring. Okay, like. yeah. T- first of all, uh, go ahead and give you get, if you're hiring, let people know what you're hiring for. I mean, you're the president, so um, 
you, you kind of know where, where the different areas of growth are. And also um, transition that to maybe a little bit of the Powder River update and where you guys are seeing some some activity. If you're branching out, you mentioned North Dakota. Are, are you into Colorado and down in the Permian as well? Just uh, talk to me about your guys' growth, if you're hiring, and, and where you're seeing uh, activity. Yeah, so we're hiring laborers. We're hiring project managers, um, hiring sales guys. We're seeing a lot of growth towards Douglas. It's seems like it's always been busy down there. It's only getting busier. We work quite a bit for some gas companies east of Denver in Colorado. Uh, Kansas, we've been doing a little bit down there towards Dodge City for another customer of ours in the gas fields. Um, North Dakota, we're, we've got a stackyard over by Mo- South Minot towards Newtown. We do quite a bit of work over there in the warmer months, so we just keep a, a little yard over there that we can stack trailers and stuff out at and uh yeah it seems like it's you know everybody is scared to say what it's doing for the most part because you don't want to jinx yourself or you know the industry but it it really seems like it's at a pretty steady keel and even maybe a little bit of a upwards climb on what work and production's doing so you know it it usually slows down this time of year, but everybody, we, you know, we had lunch with some guys today, and they said, yeah, it doesn't seem like it knocked off at all this year. So it seems pretty good. No, there's still activity happening. I mean, I tell people, too, I mean, they, they're getting more efficient. You know, the uh, the rig count needs to be updated a little bit. I think the, the old way they count rig counts is pretty antiquated. I think um, a lot of even the uh, uh, politicians and the, industry folk the ones you know the executive director types they'll even agree with that too because the the shale play you know there's such a quick decline curve after you know the, they go with the refracts and they do some after that first that first initial frack there's such a decline so um that changes things but at the same time you know north dakota they're pumping out million plus barrels a day texas is doing what they're doing and you know, you still got some good activity happening. You're mentioning down in Kansas. I didn't even know there was anything going on down there, but good for you. You found some natural gas work down there. So there's work to be had. I see where the Powder River, you know, they're talking 30 years of work in the Powder River. And you're based out of Gillette, is that right? Yeah, yep, our main office is in Gillette. You got any other offices, or you just do a Gillette and then send the guys down and let them... Let, let, let them be good members of the uh, tourism economy by getting hotels and <laughs> that sort of stuff. Yeah, we, we hotel a lot. We, we do have rental properties in different states where we, yeah. like I said, North Dakota, we got one where we stack materials and equipment out. Because, you know, when we, when we sandblast, we use two-ton sacks. And mm-hmm. we're ordering them truckloads at a time, 20, 30 sacks, you know. So it, it's a lot of material to have sitting on a site for a customer especially when we're doing large outages at you know refineries or power plants um and you know back to our environmental aspect we've completely got away from coal slag blasting materials just because of the silica level and the lead and the copper and the things that are in it so we've switched completely to a garnet based blasting material 
Um, and it's, you know, more environmentally safe. It's better for the employees, better for everybody in the area. Um, we've switched. We're in a pretty good flow of moving into VOC-free materials for coatings. So here and, you know, talking to our, we work really close to our vendors um, to help with customers who are looking for specialty coatings. And, you know, from everything we've heard from our vendors here in probably the next 10 to 11 years, you know, they're going to, they're working really hard on making most of the coatings in the industry VOC free, which is kind of hard. Most of our plural component stuff right now is completely VOC free, but you get into your epoxies and your polyurethanes and things like that. And you're always going to have a little bit of VOC in it. So we we're kind of on the uptick that the less hazardous material that we have for our employees, the better work we get out of everybody and, you know, the safer the job is and it's just a better practice. You know, we see these guys blasting with black beauty sandblasting sand still and not wearing hoods most of the time and the silica level and that's like 98%, not to mention the lead level and all the contaminants that are in it. So we've just completely moved away from that practice. Aaron Jordan, Blackwater Environmental. I'm looking at the clock here, kind of wrapping up uh, as we get to some final thoughts. Um, what, what do you want people to know about, you know, especially people in the industry listening, potential customers, things either that, uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of questions I'm asking people uh, have to relate to 2020 being, you know, the most important year in oil and gas's history. I believe that. I, I think that the amount of um, rhetoric and the narrative that's happened with, with oil and gas, especially in the state of Colorado, and you look at California and New York and even the presidential election, they're talking about banning the industry. So it's, you know, this is nothing new and this isn't political speak. This is just what's happened. The industry has been polarized. So um, I don't know if you want to address that at all or anything, but just kind of the the... the what you guys are doing out there and what you want people to know about what you can do for the industry to uh, kind of help them either out in the well site or, you know, in, in on the activism side too. Because some people, they like to get involved with it. Some people don't like it at all. They don't like to get involved with the politics. But this year's a little different. It seems like everybody's got to pay attention. I don't know. Um, anyway, so there, there you go. There's a loaded question and a live hand grenade for you. So I'll drop that in your lap. Well, I think it's interesting. You you started this whole deal basically on the side of you're going to out everybody and drag somebody out on the street, show the worst parts of it, right? Well, part of it, yeah. I mean, I guess. And then once you start interacting with the people in the industry and kind of seeing the good side of the practices and the good things people are doing and how much it benefited the country and where you lived, you kind of changed your mind on things. You're talking about when I first started this whole crude life deal. You're talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah no, hey, uh, excuse me, I didn't realize you listened to the po- to, to the show. Appreciate that. Yeah, no, when I first started this, yeah, I and and uh, it wasn't you know that I was against the industry. It was that was the shape and the narrative of the industry 
for me, you know, growing up on the east side of an agricultural state of North Dakota, and I thought it would be the easiest thing for me to do. But no, you're right. Once I got out there and met the people and saw the way the industry worked, oh, no, totally. My, I went where I felt it was the most ethical and honest, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, yeah. Anyway, I mean, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, we, we see that a lot. We, we've got power companies that we work with in Michigan, and you go out there and they find out where we're from, and they always want to come real heavy with, well, you think you know what you're talking about, but, you know, you're destroying the environment, you're destroying, destroying the country. But then, you know, once they meet us and they start talking to us, and we, we just had this conversation. I was in Michigan visiting some customers and going over some outage plans for this year. And we went to lunch, and one of the people that they had with them, she was new, and she was she had a pretty good idea of who we were before she ever met us you know guys from wyoming oil-based um service company and she told us after lunch she goes i you know after listening you guys speak about it and your views on it and she thought we were going to come in and we were going to be real harsh you know and real one-sided but we see you know how everybody kind of views it and it's it's something that we need, so we can't write it off, but we need to have better practices on how we deal with it. You know, we can't just run wild like the old days. We have to have some, you know, stand up to what's going on. You just can't do what they were doing. You have to better your practices and try and be safer on the future, you know, so we have a future. So, Yeah, I'll take that opportunity to solicit some of the things that we're trying to do. So if anybody wants to sponsor The Crude Life, we'll certainly do uh, take your sponsorship. And where part of that sponsorship is going is uh, we're going out to places like Greeley, Colorado, Watford City. We are planning to go to Gillette as well. Uh, I don't have it confirmed, but I'm working with some people, possibly Cheyenne, Wyoming, and what we're doing is we're engaging with high school and college kids. And I'm telling them my story about how, listen, I wasn't against the industry, but I didn't have a favorable view because it was, you know, just when you don't grow up in an oil community, you get what just the national media gets. And like today, just in my uh, Fargo, North Dakota, I heard three of the local radio stations blame climate change for the wildfires in Australia. And they don't know that. In fact, they think it might have been cigarette butts, actually. Um, mm -hmm. So nobody's really sure, but it's all over the place. But right away, climate change gets, gets blamed. And so uh, what we're doing is we're, I, I'm engaging and I'm telling that story about how I originally was going to go and investigate it against the industry because I thought it'd be easy. And I thought, you know, they were all Monty Burns from The Simpsons up there going excellent as they profited off of us but they're not at all they give they actually are the most capitalistic people around they give back to the communities and they make sure that the place has got a community center so your kids can have um graduations and get married and and yeah it's not the taj mahal but it could be but you're definitely going to get a steel quonset for sure Everything after that is up to you guys. But the part I love about the oil and gas industry is they make sure communities have things that really make a community go round and round and round from the community center to a good police system to uh, churches as well. They understand the value of church in a community, too. So 
Um, anyway, uh, so we're that's kind of a story we're going out and telling telling uh, across the way. But sorry, I, I wanted to jump in on um, what you were saying. I wasn't expecting that answer that you had. Um, and I, I agree with you that getting out there and engaging with new people in a new way and telling your story works because people can see your passion. And if you're passionate about what you do for a living, people are going to respect that. You know, they're going to. I mean, if you're, you know, Monty Burns, well, they're not going to respect that at all. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, I come from an oil background. My family's been in the oil and gas industry for 60 years here in Gillette. And, um, you know, it, it's a way of life for us. And it, it's hard to have somebody come in and say, you know, we're destroying everything because we're also, my family's had a ranch in Campbell County for a hundred plus years now, you know, so you can't be a crude oil man and destroy the environment when you're running a ranch because it goes hand in hand, you know, you destroy the environment, the cows don't grow and you can't make profit on that. And then, you know, your oil business suffers. So you really have to pay attention to the whole world. You can't just be closed minded. One of the things I'm telling people right now, and I've, I've got to get this wrapped up, I'm looking at, we're almost getting close to the 20-minute mark, So, uh, is to me, I believe what's going on right now, part of the problem is what agriculture faced before farmers faced before, which was when the supermarkets came around, um, the average person started thinking that ground beef came from the supermarket. They didn't realize it came from the farm or the groceries didn't come from the farm. That's happened now with the light switch. The light switch has replaced, you know, the energy industry. People are just, oh, well, yeah, well, it comes from that switch. That's where energy comes from, is from the switch. They don't realize what goes into it to make that switch work. Just like people don't realize what goes into farming in order to get that, you know, hamburger on your plate. So, uh, unfortunately, that's how easy and how good life is. Um, yeah, I've, I've actually heard that from people that, well, what do you do? Oh, you work at power plants? What a, You know, what's that? They figured that power came from the light switch. You know, I plugged something in and it turned on. And even my wife, my wife's from back east, and she, her jaw dropped when we heard this lady say that. And it was one of them deals like, wow, uh, that's... That's interesting, you know. We didn't say nothing to her. We just kind of explained, you know, what it was, because you don't want to make anybody feel bad. But it was one of them deals. You just can't believe it sometimes that people can think that, you know. So, it education's big in our industry. You have to educate people that we're trying to do the right thing. Sometimes it doesn't work out, and things happen. And that's life, you know. You can't control everything that happens in life. So, and it's and it's important to remember people learn in different ways. So, I, I think you know sometimes as as the energy industry, we can get in in a herd mentality and think there's only one way to do things. Well, that's not the case anymore. There's a bunch of different ways, you know. Um, that's why, like what we do, we, we, you know, we're on the radio and we do podcasts and we're in magazines and we do newspapers and we do. Uh, internet and social media because you never know how anybody's going to get their information anymore. I mean, just the other day, I got Steve Harvey giving me news now at the gas pump. I mean, I mean, geez, are you kidding me? Everybody's giving me news everywhere from now. Mario Lopez has a podcast. I mean, the guy from Save by the Bell. 
So, I mean, everybody's got one. (laughs) Anyway, but uh, one more time, uh, give yourself, thanks for coming on the program. So give yourself a plug and uh, make sure you let people know what you do and how they can um, do some business with you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, Aaron with Blackwater Environmental in July, Wyoming. Our website is blackwaterenviro.com. Everything's on there. If you have any questions, give us a ring. The number's on that website as well. Um, Our services are pretty wide, so get on the website. Check us out. Listen to the full-length interview, visit thecrudelife.com. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery. that's going to do it for today's program i'd like to thank aaron jordan president of blackwater environmental for joining us also credence energy solutions thank you very much for being today's sponsor once again i'd like to remind you folks to check out our website thecrudelife.com where you can access all of our exclusive interviews past podcasts as well as our week in review other programs like the multimedia cafe we have our social media Uh, We've got a number of different websites uh, on Facebook as well as YouTube and LinkedIn. Check us out. Please like, follow, and even comment and share if you feel the fancy and if you fancy that. We also have clothing available. Let the clothing speak for you during this political season. Why not? Just frack it, one of our more popular items. Go to thecrudelife.com and click on our clothing line you'll see the links right there we've got people wearing clothing just click on that it'll bring you right to our catalog you can take a look at all the different things from the beach towels to the to tank tops to hats all kinds of different clothing at thecrudelife.com i'd like to thank you folks once again for joining us here on our 30 minute daily podcast and of course by 30 minutes we mean it might be 44 minutes and by daily we mean monday through thursday with a weekend review on friday one last reminder coming up later this week joe dancy energy educator as well as kathleen sagma with the western energy alliance and john clark with the oil and gas report plus more on the docket and keep posted at the crudelife.com of course our linkedin is very active as well as our facebook social media pages from the staff here at the crude life podcast my name is jason spies asking you to always remember energy is more than an industry it's a way of life
Crude Life with host Jason Spies. My name is Jason Spies and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with energy expert and economist, Dr. Lauren C. Scott. Dr. Scott gives impact studies, forecasting services, and energy economic analysis with clients like BP, ExxonMobil, J.P. Morgan Chase, plus many more. In just a moment, part of our exclusive interview with Dr. Lauren C. Scott right here on the Crude Life Daily Update. The other thing I think that's going to help you guys is that now the oil to natural gas price ratio is exceeding 30. You divide the price of oil, price of gas and the price of oil, it's, it's over 30 now. It's one of the highest levels in recent times. And so uh, part of that is caused by this increase in the price of oil. But part of it's also caused by the decrease in the price of natural gas. But in addition to that, you guys, especially in the shale plays, uh, the, the weird thing that I'm not sure how much everybody knows is that when you start going in, you know, you, you develop a well in a shale area. You drill a well. It produces a whole lot in the first year. And then it starts dropping off pretty dramatically in terms of oil production. But what happens is the associated gas starts going up. You start getting more gas. And y'all have a lot of wells up there that are in the later stages that are starting to produce a heck of a lot of gas. And this is happening not only there, but obviously in Colorado and in uh, Texas and uh, in other places that have shell plays. So we got this, we just got a, an ocean of natural gas on our hands. So what has happened is now with this latest bump, that, that gas to oil price ratio has gone to 30 and that has a tendency to, number one, cause people who may have been drilling in dry plays, like the Hainesville Shale, the, the kind of southern part of the Eagle Ford, some of the southern parts of the Marcellus, where they were just drilling for natural gas, to throw up their hands and say, you know, let's let's take our drilling budget and let's go to the oil, the wet plays, like the ones we see in the Bakken. Uh, this is, just doesn't make any sense to be continuing to drill here. So I think it's going to really start to dry up those uh, those uh, dry shale plays that we're aware of. And so uh, that ought to be good for Bakken, too. It'll get some, I think, drilling resources directed more towards the Bakken instead of some of these other dry places. The, the, real, the real issue here is how long is this sucker going to last? And that was Dr. Lauren C. Scott of Lauren C. Scott & Associates. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Be sure to like, follow, and share us on social media. Go to thecrudelife.com. Check out our social media pages on LinkedIn, Facebook, even the YouTubes. From the staff here at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery. The Crude Life, every Monday through Thursday with a week in review on Friday.